Hello and welcome to Money Chill Out, the podcast to get inspired and feel good about your money. I'm Mike Afino, a woman in my 30s, ex-trader in the city of London, yoga teacher and owner of my financial empowerment business. On this podcast, I want to open up the discussion around money and investments and dive into personal finance management, which can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversations on money, mindsets, investment habits, and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. You too can get financial peace of mind and it starts with empowerment and knowledge. Let's go. Hi, Pauline. How are you? Hello, Marika. Fine. And you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. I'm super happy to have you on this podcast and thanks a lot for your time. I'm very, very excited about today's subject as it includes a lot of things that I love, money, of course, but as well, women, society, and my feminist side, I'm sure will be touched. <laughs> so if I say a bit about you, so you started your career in banking, working on derivative and structured products, and then you moved to wealth management in Switzerland. Since then, you still live in Switzerland, but you're now the founder and CEO of the Working Mums, and it aims to empower women and help them blow in their personal and professional lives. So you mix coaching, consulting, and conferences, and you have a big community on LinkedIn. With your colleagues, you've been nicknamed the vocal lady, as you love to represent people's interests, and you're very engaged in gender equality. And last but not least, you're a sports addict, and you draw all your energy from your daily practice. That sums up you well. <laughs> yes, exactly. And in sport, I, I like um, dancing a lot. That's my specialty. <laughs> nice. So can you tell us a bit why you created The Working Mums and what did you want to tackle? Okay. So um, I created my company, uh, I think now it's uh, like four and a half years ago. At that time, I was uh, still working uh, in the United Nations for UNICEF. Uh, so I was international civil servant as a finance uh, analyst. And I realized, <laughs> even though I was working for an organization that uh, aimed to help children, it was still difficult for women, but especially for mothers, to have exactly the same career as men. And I noticed that the crucial period is really when you come back from maternity leave, and you come back to work, and even if you still have lots of ambition and uh, you want to, to continue to have an interesting career, the company doesn't really have a plan for you on that side, you know. And then I remember then uh, all the rest of my career. And as you said, uh, I began in, in bank also even before, like I studied finance and uh, during my study and my career. We were very few women, but at that time, I was still not feminist because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize, you know, that was uh, something strange. I thought, okay, maybe women are not interested in mathematics, in uh, uh, finance or something like that. But uh, then when I worked for UBS, I think I noticed that all the women, even if they were uh, hired, then at one point, you know, they quit 
And uh, at one point, there was no, not even one woman in my team, you know. So, <laughs> uh, so all of that together, I said, okay, there is really something to do. I didn't know what exactly, but I said, okay, I need to create a solution for women to continue to be able to uh, have an ambitious uh, career, not to, um, and at the same time, you know, to still have a personal life and family if that's uh, what they desire. So I said, okay, I will create my own company for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was really like a big jump, you know. Mm-hmm. Right, you did it, and four and a half years later, you're still around. So that's pretty cool. So, so can you give us some statistics on the financial situations of working moms, just for awareness? Okay, there are very lots of uh, numbers uh, about that, but I think it's uh, uh, more useful just to focus on one because I think this is the most uh, meaningful. This statistic it's from a book called uh, Gender of Wealth. And uh, it's by a, a researcher of uh, CNRS, so the National Research Center in France. And she says uh, that when you are single, a woman already earns less than men, like by 9%, which is already uh, not normal. But um, but then if this woman wants to be in a couple, if you take all the difference um, of the salary between men and women, but just considering the one, the woman who are now in a couple, you have 42% between the salary of women and men, which is huge. So we understand that something happened at that time, you know, and uh, and I would say, and then the more you have children, of course, <laughs> the bigger is the difference between uh, women and, and um, men in terms of revenue. Mm-hmm. So, so can you say what are the main challenges they face and what do you recommend to do or even not to do? Because we often say you should do this, this, and it's a lot. So sometimes even not doing is, is even better. Yes. So the first challenge is that uh, when you are pregnant and then when uh, you deliver, you have your own child and that's completely new and nobody tells you how to do, you know, um, people tell you a lot of things that you must do that, do that, do that. <laughs> but in terms of like organization with your career, you know, it's um, the woman feel a bit alone on that. And I noticed the key is really like to involve the father from the beginning, you know, so day one. (laughs) So that's why I'm very in favor of the paternity leave, because if the father is involved already when the child is born, as soon as the child is born, the organization of the house will uh, be already seated between both, you know. So that's dangerous for a woman if the father takes just one day or one week and if the woman wants to take uh, three months or six months, whatever, then already the gap is there and all the habits are taken. So I would say, like, first of all, like, involve the father (laughs) at the beginning and then already uh, think about the organization because having a child, um, of course, brings lots of love and things like that, but it's a real work. So you have a work outside of your work, okay? So um, think about what you can do to achieve this work. Because if you plan to continue your work like 50 hours per week or whatever, like if you come to lunch and transportation, but then like being a mom or being a dad, it's an extra maybe 40 hours per week or even more. So who will be in charge of what? And like to define the role. 
So I would say the solution would be to think about who will take care of the child, you know, and that's very important. So if you want to continue to have a career, to work, so who is responsible for taking care of the children, especially <laughs> after school? <laughs> because there is a difference between doing the mornings and doing the evening when you have a child. Totally agreed. And you uh, notice that uh, most of the time, all women do the evenings. And the evening is not just one hour. It's not like the 7 to 8 a.m. in the morning. The evening means like from 5 p.m. to midnight. <laughs> and on top, it involves a lot of stress because sometimes you have a, a meeting and you need to, to go because you're in charge. Or Yeah, so I totally agree. The morning and the evening is not the same. It's totally different. I would advise really like to be aware of that and have a discussion with your partner and say who will be responsible of that. It cannot be that the woman is responsible for five days a week, mm. you know, five evenings a week. So at that moment, will you split with your husband? Will you decide with your, your partner to hire someone to do these uh, wash hours, you know, to do like the bath and the dinner, uh, etc.? Or maybe you will have an arrangement with a neighbor or a friend or something like that. But um, if you are still in charge of the majority of the, the week and the, the evenings and stuff, it would be much more complicated to continue to progress in your career. And it's not equal, you know, with the, the other person who can still travel, do business trips and stay late to have after work with the colleagues. So, and we know that also it happens like that, like to progress in your career. It's mostly outside of work, which is up, <laughs> which happened, you know, it happened with, during the lunch, during uh, the after work, during coffee breaks. And you you notice that when woman has kids, you know she try, she has a tendency to reduce her breaks. So the lunch break doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the coffee break uh, neither. And all of the these moments are crucial to be able to keep the network and uh, to be aware of what's happening in the company. Yeah, makes sense. So you're a big fan as well of the fake it until you make it. Can you explain why and how it would help women? Yes, um, I noticed that because now for the last uh, four years, I've been helping a lot of women to apply to a position for, to progress in their career. And I often have some apprehension from the women who say, oh, but I cannot apply because you can see that I don't have this, this, this on the, on the list. I don't have this quality, these competencies, etc." Whereas for men, it's not an issue. You know, if they don't have, they say, okay, I will learn, you know, or <laughs> I can find someone to do it, you know, <laughs> instead of me. <laughs> Even though at the, if at the beginning it was on their job description. So um, I often tell women, okay, you, you like the post, you think it's, uh, it's a nice opportunity. It's fine. Even if you have just 50% of competency, just go for it, you know, because you will find a way to do it. And for every type of, Job, of course, unless uh, you are like a surgeon, maybe in the in medical industry, but for others, you know, you can still uh, find someone who can help you on that, you know, and open your role, especially as you progress in your career. Your role is really like to be able to detect the strengths of uh, everybody in your team. And so you, you will find a way. Mm -hmm. And Society as well is not helping because what I sometimes hear and I really don't like it, I hate it, um, is that women compare the salaries to the cost of childcare to say 
or to find an excuse that it's not really interesting for them to work. And I always think the same is that why are you making this comparison as your partner probably could not have the same job as he has without paying for the childcare either. So it should surely be like a, a split. And second, it excludes all the future earnings. So it's clearly not the best way to look at it. So how can we change that common thinking or, or the narrative around it? Yeah, and I also had like so many cases uh, when I worked, like as soon as you have a kid, you start to look for a crash. And then you realize, like especially in Switzerland, for example, I had uh, a friend who has uh, twins. <laughs> so um, the um, just like the amount of uh, money you need to pay each month for both in a private crash was, uh, I think, 6,000 Swiss francs. So like 6,000 euro, you know, monthly. So of course, this is the um, important money. <laughs> and so what do you do in that case, you know? And uh, I remember at that time, she said they did comparison also, like, oh, but, you know, maybe it's all of my salary. How can I do? And uh, and stuff. And so as long as women earn less than men, this comparison will still, you know, happen. And to be able to tackle that and say, okay, like, don't give up, you know, <laughs> continue, mm. keep your work, you know, don't stop for 20 years because it's a disaster. <laughs> you can stop a little bit, but maybe not 20 years, you know, because if you understand the difference between revenue, pension, savings and investment and all of that. And so you will see it has consequences on many other sides and aspects of finance that you didn't take into consideration. So because you're focusing on, uh, only on the aspect of uh, expenses, you'll forget the, the aspect of pension, the aspect of savings, investment, and uh, most important, the aspect about like uh, your professional career and your social life, your fulfillment, you know? Yeah, super interesting to put that in perspective. Love that. Yeah. And I would say, like, don't compare your salary. You see, okay, even if it's higher than your salary, <laughs> just pay, <laughs> you know? Mm. Because, yeah, there is all of that. So if you have, like, cumulative, and, you know, in finance, we do also compound interest, etc. At the end, it's just like uh, at a period of your life. Once you are at home, <laughs> then you lose everything, you know? And because uh, you don't have any more professional connection, uh, social life, uh, you don't know what happened, you know. I'm, and on top of that, and uh, at a at a moment of uh, in my company, I was doing many many conferences on that subject uh, to think really about um, uh, transferable competencies. And they say, okay, with the maternity, with the paternity, if you stay at home, of course, if you just have one paternity leave, you don't really acquire these competencies. But if you really take care of one kid, two kids, you have so many competencies that you acquired at home that you can apply and transfer in a company, you know. And uh, I remember also in, in France, if you have three children and you stop for to raise them for a few years, you are eligible to apply directly to be a teacher in primary school. Because we consider, okay, you already have a school at home with your three kids, you know. <laughs> cool. Let's talk about the child penalty now. In other words, when a woman has a baby, her income drops like pretty significantly. We're talking about 25 to 30%, depending on countries. Whereas the father experiences no changes, or maybe even like it's better for him. So what's striking is that this child penalty is not only in the short term, 
but really stays in the long term. And in the long term, it's a 15 to 20% effect. So can you explain, of course, like the short-term financial impacts, but as well the long-term, because I'm not sure that a lot of people are aware of that long-term impact. Yes, and you really have like a, a precise subject that people need to be careful because you say, okay, on the short term, which is like 20%, you say, depending on the country, it will be transformed in 40% when you retire, you know, because we notice that sometimes then there is a hole or then, okay, it's 20% less, but then at a point in your career, you don't have any promotion anymore. And uh, so if you look at the average of difference between uh, women and, and men at the moment of retirement, it's 40% difference. It's just huge, you know, if you live like 40 years in, in retirement, you, you don't have anything. So that's one. And then, as I was explaining before, like the like four or five different aspects of finance, so your revenue and your pension, then it's also focused on the third, which is the expense. Because not only they pay less, but sometimes and most of the time, they're responsible for the expense regarding the children, you know. So they often end up to pay for uh, so many things like the all the clothes for the children, the, the, the shoes, the toys, books and everything because they're responsible for shopping because women like shopping, <laughs> which is not true. <laughs> and uh, so this kind of expense and then I, I also had discussion with women and they say, oh, but you know, this is my pleasure to buy them some books because I like the collection and everything. So yeah, but at the end, you know, just use the money from the couple not your own money <laughs> you know so like be very careful of the expense so who are responsible for the expense in your couple and is it fair because if you already have 20% less salary of course your expense should represent 20% less than the expense of the of your partner you know then fourth we have uh, the savings okay so if you have 20% less salary on the short term what happened on the long term about your saving and then it's a disaster it's even worse <laughs> because you will not have savings or it will be ridiculous so every month let's say you will be able to put maybe 100 euros 100 pound whatever on your saving account when your partner will be able to put like 1000 you know <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then think about year after year about the effect of compound interest. So the compound interest, just to be simple, it's like uh, if you place your money on an account at the end of the year, you get some interest, but the year two, you don't place just your capital, you place your capital plus your interest. So it means every year you will have more and more interest, which brings to my fifth point, uh, which is the investment. And for that, that's like my favorite subject ever in terms of like not equal at all <laughs> between men and women. Who is responsible for the investment in your couple? You know, so who is think, uh, responsible for to think about it and how it happens then? And are you really having 50% of the investment? You know, but if you really think about you and your friends and how it happened around you. And when I ask women, I say, okay, so what are you doing for the investment? Then? Oh, no, the investment is the side of my, my partner. You know, he can do his own project. He has his own investments. 
I'm not in charge of that. Say what? Of course, you need to be in charge of that. And that's priority, I would say, number one, you know, even before the, expen the expenses, you know, investment is we need the key. And because uh, there was this way, like, first of all, most of the couple were married, which is not the case now. Many people are not married, which is for me a burden for women because they're often the one having less. And depending on your wedding contract, you know, if you decide to have like a separation of your wealth, which was more and more the case during the past year because of the feminist side and say, okay, it's better to have separate accounts and separate investment and everything. But at the end, if we get less revenue and uh, we will get less. So um, some women discovered that uh, because they only uh, reimburse maybe 20% of the real estate loan and the husband uh, reimbursed 80% because they had the separation contract. At the end of the, uh, of the 20 years, they just have 20% of the apartment, which is not only an issue when you divorce, but also when you pass away, because uh, you don't have 50% of your own house, you know? Mm -hmm. No, it makes so much sense. And I totally agree with you. Investment is so important. And, and I guess that's why I have many clients too. <laughs> so what really annoys me as a mum myself is that People sometimes have plans for you and assume what you think, uh, whereas we should be the one saying what we want because everybody's different. So if we're in the corporate world, how can we have the discussion to make it clear to everyone? Okay, so I would say in the corporate world, the most efficient way is to have discussion before you deliver and after. Okay, because during your pregnancy, you may have some ideas. Okay, maybe I want to uh, take some time off and... Uh, take a bit of the kids, but it generally, it never happened exactly how you thought it would happen. And it's also possible that you deliver and after two weeks, you realize, oh my God, I will not stay six months at home. <laughs> That's not for me. <laughs> and I think you, it would be great to have an opportunity to discuss and maybe also like, it's too hard like to anticipate and say, okay, I've been three, uh, three months pregnant and now I will just be back uh, six months after uh, I deliver. And uh, so maybe try to like with your manager, with the human resources to have discussion before and after and a few weeks after you deliver to see if it's still valid, if it's adjustable or not. So I understand that in terms of like replacement, uh, you need uh, to be able to plan in advance. But, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you can still find a way. If it's a big organization, you will find something to do, you know, and if you come back. Uh, and even if you have two kids, for example, three children, it can be different for your second or your third child, you know. Maybe for the one you want to have a bit of time, uh, extra time, but maybe with three children, you just want to be back in the office. <laughs> or on the contrary, with three children, you just want to be a bit with them at home, you know. I agree. It's super hard to project yourself. And so you really specialized in, in the blooming, let's say. So how can women get the holy grail, which is having both a professional and personal life, which is fulfilled? So the way I see the life of a woman, I think it works the, the same for for men as well, but they, they don't ask this question to themselves. So um, I say, okay, you say we, we have four different lives. We have our personal life, we have our, our professional life, 
And then we have our family life and like the couple life, you know. And we try, I put separate on purpose because often when you have children, then your couple doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> so it's good to be aware that um, that's completely four different aspects of your life. And you have these four worlds, you know. And so it's possible that at a certain period of your life cycle, <laughs> some will take uh, the lead compared to others. But still having in mind that you have these four different aspects of your life and the four are necessary will help you, okay, to say some of the other aspects of my life could be reprioritized. So maybe when you deliver, for example, okay, you're focused on, on your child, it's your family, and but maybe like three months after, you want to do some sport again, you know, you want to have a social life again. So the advice I would say, not to forget yourself and your personal life uh, and your couple life, because that's the two that disappear quickly with the children. Just say, this is your priority in your planning. So, for example, if what, uh, what is fulfilling you in your personal life is a, a passion you have, is a sport you want to do, I don't know, you love to have a social life with your friends and that's so important for you, you have a group of friends. So, okay, put in your agenda, in your planning, okay, your priority is your Thursday evening. So, on Thursday, <laughs> you're not responsible for anything at home. <laughs> This is your day and you go after work. If you want, you go with your friends, you do different activity. And same for sports, you know, okay, say you have your sport like three times a week, but you know exactly which day, but you never change that. There is no, under no condition, <laughs> you skip it, you know. So for example, if you're uh, going to the your sports session on Monday evening, you're not responsible for the time on that day. The partner is responsible for the child. And if your partner wants to go to his sport every Tuesday, is the one responsible for it, you know. And if something happens, he has too much work, he has business tree, but that's his problem. <laughs> and he's responsible to find a backup. But you're never the backup. You know, that's your day. And you can have that, uh, you know, two, three times a week as you want, you know, but you're not just in charge. And that's important to when you we do the difference of mental charge, you know, because the mental charge is to have to think and then to do the action. So don't think about the action. This is also the delegated already. Mm. I really, really like it. I mean, it, it really talks to me because having an organized planning, for sure, like you have kids, you, you have to, but not falling into the trick of, ah, oh, your partner can't make it, I need to arrange something, that's the key. <laughs> As you said, it's his problem. And some people say they want it all, what others like kind of struggle. So what would you say to women who feel like left behind or lacking the energy to, to be on different fronts? So um, I would say, first of all, really try to reconnect with people. Because it's easy to be just alone, you know, in your situation, and then you feel lost. <laughs> and you feel you are the only one who lack of energy. Mm. So first of all, everybody lacks of energy when you have children, you know. That's the common thing. That's natural. Because if you have your work and then you come back home, you have five hours with the children and everything to think about the house and everything. We are all exhausted, you know. I never really understood how people can reconnect at 10 p.m. <laughs> 
and work when you already started your day at 6 a.m. and like work and uh, so you know you're not like superhero so it's fine it's normal to be tired and to be uh, so just like first of all think about okay what can I do to find my energy back you know so first reconnect with people People who give you energy, you know, so people you can see or even listen at podcasts. I'm sure like if you even listening at your podcast, you feel like, okay, I'm not, I'm not alone, you know, and people have the same issue as me, which like reduce the problem, you know, because if, if you think it's only your problem, your problem is big like that. <laughs> and if you know that everybody has it and most importantly, you have solution. So that's um, easier immediately. And then, yeah, think about reconnecting with yourself as well. So what can you do to find your energy? To find your energy, you need to go somewhere one weekend uh, every two months or just on by yourself or with like your best friend or whatever, uh, or in nature, in the mountain or whatever you feel good. Just organize your life for that to happen, you know. And because, of course, you can, you have solution which you, you can pay for. You can pay for, like, babysitters and stuff. But you have other options. There is the partner. There is a family. There is friends, neighbors, you know, like, especially for um, women who are single mom. I would say, like, to count on family and neighbors, it's, like, really a must, you know. And uh, I think about a woman like that. She has a four-year-old kid. And her neighbor has the, the same age and the same, the same kid. And the neighbor picks up the two kids every evening at school. And on the other end, the woman I know, they are, both of them are single men. And on the other end, the woman I know, she's responsible for all the Saturdays. So she takes the other kids on Saturdays. And, and at the end, they find their time, you know, like that in the organization. So you can really have like ideas a bit outside of the box, you know, it's not written anywhere, just come from your neighbor. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we think of immediately, oh, we need to pay to have a babysitter or whatever, you know. And one last question then about, because we say like working moms, they have a lot of on their plate, but with the importance of personal finance and the fact that you need to invest in CERN, how would you say, or what would you say to women who have so much that they have to dedicate the time for the finances and that there's no other option, no matter what, you need to do it. Yeah, and I would even say that the priority of the priority is really to think about your investment because if it takes you so much energy to have like a 5% salary raise, you know, it's much worse like um, being active with your investment than just getting a 5% salary raise after five years. <laughs> Because this will completely change your financial situation at the end. So maybe start with that. And instead of investment, just like be aware that if you do nothing with your investment, nothing will happen. You will lose money. That's, there is no other option because, of course, there is inflation. The weight is different. But uh, even when we say, okay, there is a low inflation, your interest rate on your bank account is always lower than the inflation, you know? So you will always lose, even if the media don't say like there is a bigger inflation, whatever, you will lose your savings if you don't invest. So think about that. And then, of course, involve your partner, you know? Maybe it will not be you. You have lots of things to, to think about. So maybe you don't have 10 hours to dedicate about that. 
but make sure that in your couple, at least, you know, it's done like half and half the level of investment and make sure your partner doesn't do his investment on his side. And not only you don't have any information, but then you don't even have the possession of that. Mm-mm. So so listen to that podcast, like your podcast, and uh, yeah, like look for information when you want. Ask your colleagues. Another time I say, okay, we connect with friends. Go and see other women, you know, and see in your network, in your professional network, personal network, and your sports session. You know, I, I have so many discussions at my sport club. As my audience is like two-third women, if our listeners want to reach out to you because they felt inspired or they want advice or anything, how can they do so? I think the best way is to contact me on LinkedIn. So uh, my name is Pauline Barr. On LinkedIn, just send me a, an invitation. So um, I know you uh, listen to the podcast. Uh, if you if you just send me a note, so you say okay, add the contact and send a message and say just hi, Pauline. I just listened to the podcast with Marika. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much, Pauline, for this discussion. It's been uh, super interesting, empowering, and constructive. I loved your energy. <laughs> I really like your mentality and, and how you do it. So. Thank you so much and um, speak to you very soon. Thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> ciao, ciao. So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.